I got my first fairy loot book ever today, <gasps> and I oh. can say that it is absolutely worth the $60 in exchange rate that <laughs> oh, I had to pay to get it. Not sponsored, but we it's will not, accept sponsors. But I will from accept fairy a sponsorship loot. because your books are beautiful. Not sponsored, but we'd like to be. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Midlight Crisis, a real podcast hosted by three grown-up biologists revisiting books from our teens, and it's totally cool. I am one of your hosts, Sophie, and today I have been genetically recombined with a bird, and for some reason that has given me a superpower. (laughs) So the bird that I have been 2% genetically recombined with this week... Is a burrowing barber stork. Oh. Aww. Just a whole, like, six foot tall stork. Yeah. <laughs> burrowing. Burrowing. Oh, burrowing. yeah, I forgot storks are that big. It's a little <laughs> concerning. <laughs> but it almost sounds like an actual common name that right? you've yeah. heard. Yeah, like, it's not that far off. I'm imagining just, like, you, like, see, like, a hole in the ground, like a little burrow, and then it just enormous stork yeah, head yeah. and neck yeah out of it it's like what just <laughs> a giant beak like out of the yeah. ground <laughs> and i'm assuming they're probably called barber storks because their beaks look like scissors yeah that's mm-hmm. what i'm guessing yeah mm-hmm. i'm a real animal i guess uh what about you guys <laughs> well mine is not so realistic uh but my real name is sam and today i am Genetically recombined with 2% of the solar system destroying teeth. <laughs> Sorry, what was that last part? I don't know how to say this grebe, bird. perhaps? Is it a grebe? Oh, grebe, yes. Perhaps okay. a grebe. Gerbe. <laughs> Gerbe. I am uh, not Maybe an ornithologist. <laughs> Birds actually terrify me because they're actually uh-huh. dinosaurs. And yeah. the fact that they're little dinosaurs scares me so uh, what is it a grebe it's a grebe they have fun little feet actually you'll probably hate them (laughs) so wait you're a solar system destroying teeth grebe teeth grebe oh no (laughs) it's got teeth Teeth. it really is a dinosaur yeah absolutely terrifying that's like one of the major differences between dinosaurs and birds is the loss of teeth Honest loss of teeth is way more horrifying to me than teeth grebe. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> or maybe it's like, you know how, have you seen pictures of like geese with those teeth? Oh yeah, the tongues? geese teeth? Yes. Yeah, that's probably what you have. Fair. And you use them to destroy solar systems? <laughs> yeah. Apparently. Dang. You should Dang. be in the locked tomb. I was gonna say. <laughs> oh, I should. Anyway, I am Hannah, and today I am 2% recombined genetically with a bird that, uh-huh. is, <laughs> that is the Warphole Bean Wren. <laughs> the Warphole? 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 Yeah. Bean Wren. Bean Wren. Bean Wren. <laughs> I am <Wow>. so small. <laughs> Everything I say is in superscript. (laughs) Extremely tiny warp hole bean wren. (laughs) 
Wow. I like how you got Warpole, Sam got solar system destroying, and I got burrowing. Got burrowing. Dig hole in ground. It's <laughs> great. You're like, dig hole in ground. And I'm like, good idea, but consider dig hole in space time. And wow. Sam's like, good idea, but consider further. <laughs> destroy space time. Destroy it. Destroy it. <laughs> wow. Wow. There's a progression in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, the reason we are 2% recombined with superpowered birds <laughs> this week is because, of course, we are reading Maximum Ride. How about you guys tell us what happened in the four chapters we read this week? Sure thing. So, chapter 33 uh, starts with a banger as Iggy and the gas man are now hiding out in the old log cabin, which is mentioned that the flock used as a hideout frequently before, and they are formulating their next big plans against the erasers, but just as they agree to go home and make more plans, an eraser starts scratching on the door and calling them little piggy, and it's friggin' creepy. It's <laughs> so weird. Yeah. It's It's a lot. The boys try and figure a way out, but the one eraser breaks through the door and another pops up at the window, meaning their only chance of getting away is to fight to the death. But then the chapter ends and we go to chapter 34, which takes a 180 and brings us back to Nudge and Fang, where Nudge wakes up to a missing fang and starts to panic. She soon finds him, though, flying around with the hawks, where she then declares she's hungry, and they go off into the nearest town to dumpster dive some goodies. After filling their stomachs, Nudge declares that they need to go find Max or continue on to save Angel, which Fang agrees to circle back and look for Max, and so that's what they head off to do. Yeah. Well, Max wakes up in chapter 35, and also she wakes up in Ella's bed, feeling both safe and terrible. She thinks about how nice it is to be taken care of, and also about how Fang and Nudge are probably doing voodoo on her by now. And mm-hmm. then Ella and her mom appear and offer breakfast. Then in chapter 36, we pick back up with the bombastic bird boys and their eraser fight. There is some taunting and some extremely quiet planning, and then Gasman and Iggy escape by jumping straight through the roof and taking off. Once they're up in the air they drop the big boy bomb and poor eight-year-old gas man gets to watch the two erasers burning to death and then he sees the hummer coming and they're like oh my god and they have to make a hasty exit damn what a wild time just a selection of interesting scenes Uh i really like about this first chapter that in the last gas man and inky chapter from our previous episode I was like, man, we got to go to the clubhouse or to the cabin to regroup and make a plan. And then they go to the cabin and they're like, okay, we got to go home to regroup and make a plan. (laughs) Yeah. Like, why did they come here? Why were they there in the first place? I guess so they could blow it up with a bomb later. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just so that they don't blow up their house. (laughs) I don't know why they like started to leave. Like, there's no reason to put that in there. No. None whatsoever. Just have them start to plan there and then be like, dang, we gotta go. Dang erasers, yeah. We hear them. I I feel like it would have been cool if they had come here and they found, like, oh, yeah, I forgot this is where we left those files. You know, like, they should have had to come here and been like, oh, here's the thing. Instead, it's just like, let's just go here. And then they're like, anyway, we should probably not go here. (laughs) Even, like, just have the erasers show up before they decide we're going to go home and leave. Yeah. Here, right? Yeah. Because that... Anyway. 
no, that's like the longest note I have on this yeah. chapter. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, what what kind of a plotting is this? It's like, we went here, we sat down for 10 minutes, and then we were like, well, okay, time to go. <laughs> anyway, this place sucks. Let's go this home. This place sucks. <laughs> this was like another one where it seems like it's a gas man POV, and then you get Iggy feels tiny vibrations with his feet. Yep. You're like, yeah. so how does gas man know that Iggy is doing this? Yeah. One sentence where it's Iggy. <laughs> There's one sentence of Iggy POV and the rest is gas man. I don't think they know what they're doing with this uh, whole POV. Like, it's just no. absolute chaos in this book. Like, did anybody edit this book, do you think? It's like, whichever POV can get the piece of information yeah. to get across as concisely as possible because again this would have been a very like clearly Iggy is a very important POV for this one moment I would argue the most important moment of this half a page long chapter yeah (laughs) yeah and like there's a way to write this that probably wouldn't take that much more time yep from Mm -hmm. Iggy's POV entirely like you could have him come in and be like oh he remembered how this looked yeah Yeah. was he did he have his vision no, he didn't. When he but first like, okay. Then he could be like, it seemed like nothing had changed. He could, yeah, like, like it still smells. It smelled the same. The like the air was stagnant. You know, like, like he could ask Gasman to describe it to him, and then be like, oh, it sounds like nothing is changed. Yeah, yeah. There could even be something where he's like, oh, he heard Gasman trip over something, which he was pretty sure he had tripped over the last time they were here yeah. too. You know, like there's, yeah, <laughs> there's fun ways to do it. Anyway, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> <sighs> It doesn't matter. The gas man is lovely. He seems like a nice little (laughs) child, and I do enjoy his POV. Yeah. But he is the less interesting choice of the two of them. Yep. (laughs) And also, he can't feel Iggy feeling vibration, so what the hell? What the hell is going on? Yeah. What the hell is going on? Just take that sentence out, then, if you want it to be gas man's chapter. (laughs) Yeah, or just, like, he noticed... That Iggy he saw suddenly Iggy like freeze. went still, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then a moment later, he feels it too. Mm-hmm. There's a way to put across that Iggy feels something, and then the gas man realizes something's happening. Yeah, but that's not it's what they fine. did. It's, it's fine. Fine. <laughs> Here on Midlight Crisis, we go super easy on weird writing choices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're known for accepting idiosyncrasies yeah. with grace. Honestly, I'm pretty sure it's just because around the time that I read this book originally, I was also obsessed with this book about a kid who goes blind and gets like a seeing eye dog. Aww. And Aww. like it's his story about like getting this dog and like learning to work with this dog and like be someone who's blind. And it's like about the world and him going through it. And it's written for like, you know, middle grade or why people to read. And it's just like, oh, that was so good. It could have. This could have been that good. Yeah, <laughs> like they did. He did a great job writing that book. Why couldn't someone do a good job writing this book? Anyway, <laughs> this book would have been so good if somebody cared. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like we we've uh, had criticisms of like Twilight and Aragon that were like, man, this could have been good if like such and such a thing was different. But it was never. It never felt in those books like the author didn't care. Whereas to me, this feels like James Patterson's team didn't care enough to make this like a good product. Yep. They just wanted to make a product. 
Yeah, it does feel like it was pushed out too quickly, you know? Yeah, yeah. like it needed another go through the editor. Like, it's James Patterson. How did it not go through four or five editors? <laughs> but I feel like to Hannah's point, though, like, he's probably kind of like a corporate machine whereas mm-hmm. when you work in corporate you're constantly pressured to put out things extremely quickly mm-hmm. and the quality is often compromised because you have to meet deadlines and stay on project or whatever mm-hmm. and i kind of see james patterson's publishing as a similar analogy to that yeah. like it's probably they don't have any like be all end all projects and deadlines but maybe james patterson is just like a crazy project manager and is just like this book needs to be out now no questions asked and so on like my desk by tuesday and so yeah. these authors and editors that are ghostwriting for him and editing or whatever are just under these like impossible timelines which obviously quality is going to suffer yeah. as a result but because he's james patterson it doesn't mm-hmm. matter because people mm-hmm. are going to buy his book no matter what with his name on it so it's just like oh, it doesn't matter it could be crap and so they just send out whatever without proper QAQC. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember not. That's probably very true. Yeah, I didn't notice any of this as a teen, so maybe he no. was oh, yeah, right. that too. <laughs> yeah, I will say I remember not liking this series growing up because I thought the writing was juvenile and like didn't make any sense. Like I remember yeah. that being a distinct feature of this series and why I didn't continue reading it or after right. the three books or whatever was mm-hmm. that I was just like I cannot stand how this is written, and I was. Yeah. 16 or whatever because did you start it when you were 16 yeah i read this after like twilight mortal instruments all of that because i was looking for like another like oh what's the next big series because like at the time like there was only two mortal instruments books i think the third Mm -hmm. came out there was like i don't know i had read everything there was aragon you didn't read that (laughs) i did it because i thought it was too boyish and i was a little girl (laughs) which is very stupid i realized There were, like, two female characters in that book. (laughs) Yeah. But no, I was looking for, like, the next, like, City of Bones, basically, because that was kind of, like, my favorite thing after Twilight. And so I picked up this thinking it was that. And uh, it was not. (laughs) (laughs) Not even a little bit. So I'd say if you read it when you guys read it, you probably didn't pick up on it. But I read it late enough as a teenager that my memories of it were that I was like, this is a badly written book. Yeah, and I def like again, I didn't read after the third one either. So clearly we all reached that point kind of at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I think I made it a little further than you guys, which I feel like makes sense because mm-hmm. I don't like things to change and also I'm a completionist. <laughs> but I also got to the point where I was like, This book the series is so inconsistent yeah. among itself that I can't do this. Yeah. yeah. Which is too bad. Because it has so much potential. It, it has truly the potential does. to be so good. It does. Yeah, but I do feel like this is a victim of <laughs> the James Patterson industrial complex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. That's a perfect. <laughs> yeah, I can't explain it, but that that yes. Yeah, that whatever exactly that means, it. it's that yeah. specifically. <laughs> Anybody yeah. who's worn it or worn worked in corporate and had unrealistic deadlines and had to pump out documents, uh, even with proper QAQC procedures in place, but your bosses just push them through. They know what I'm talking about. They <laughs> mm-hmm. know. Sure. So, you know, eventually one day we'll probably stop complaining about this specific thing in this book, but at least we Yeah, it'll be when not... we finish this book. Yeah. At least we'll be done with it for this episode, I think. <laughs> yeah. 
let's 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 move on a little bit, shall we? <laughs> move on to the part where the erasers show up at the door at the window. Uh-huh. And at the window. And uh say, I don't know, make some like spooky taunt. And Gasman describes the voice as one that could ask you to jump off a cliff and you do it. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think that means? I um you go, Sam. <laughs> You think your I... thought first. <laughs> no, I, mine's more inappropriate. Oh, no. you think that What's, he thinks the eraser's like, hot? Is it, is it a sexy it's a bedroom voice? voice? I... <laughs> okay. Gasman's gay. Confirmed. Confirmed. <laughs> if I wasn't reading a children's book. Yeah. Yeah, like that cut, the way it was described was almost just like, like someone in the bedroom was convinced you to do anything kind of thing mm-hmm. because it, in my brain when you have like a villain or an antagonist that's saying something they're not saying it in a way that makes you want to do something like yeah. i've never have you ever like i don't think i've ever experienced no. that where it's like you have a villain character where it's like you're just kind of holding on to what they're saying and you're like oh i would do anything so literally what I was thinking because I have been listening to Oh No Ross and Carrie oh. where they investigate wild claims of okay. supernatural and also wellness and stuff like that. They're on like part 12 of visiting oh the Ark encounter in like Kentucky or something. I don't what know is? what that is. Yeah, can you so it's elaborate? Like, it's, it's like a recreation of Noah's Ark by a christian group <laughs> they're they're like younger creationists etc <laughs> they've like done all the math they figured it out and so like it is funny to think about but they record a lot of the stuff they go to see and then they'll play clips of it during the episode and hearing a very charismatic and popular i see where this is going christian yeah essentially cult leader yep these like indoctrinating speeches and ways of twisting words and just like the way they talk is very what I was getting from this. <laughs> and it's only because I was just listening to that earlier today. And that's what I was thinking. Like, I was like, this is how cults start. <laughs> As you were saying that, I was like, oh, wait, no, this is the villain that does this, right? Yeah. Because they're the villain you don't think is the villain at first, but then mm-hmm. you realize what they're saying. And it's like, oh, this is like a load of shit. They like twisted it around. And because, so I was looking, I was trying to look up like voice science <laughs> oh and fair. i will like there's i don't know i don't know how to look this kind of stuff up so <laughs> uh i didn't spend much time on it but most of the stuff that first came up was like how to tell if someone likes you because of your voice <laughs> so a lot of it was what people find attractive in a voice which is where sam was going with it so yeah, yeah. Wrecked. <laughs> i mean they do purr yeah and one of these it's chapters. a children's book though Which I yeah. have gone there I mean okay listen clearly one of us is the most juvenile person in this group because I read that and I was like oh my god I wonder if he has like brain control magic <laughs> maybe I mean well I was the one going cult leader so <laughs> I was like oh my god it has to be magic but it also is described kind of sexy right? I, I would <laughs> argue an angelic voice is yeah. them specifically trying to make it not sexy, you know? 
Did he say angelic? I missed that yeah. adjective. The whispered voice, serene and angelic. Oh, jeepers. That's creepy. Yeah. You, know, you kind of imagine them going like, here, piggy, piggy. Ah, like, that's yeah. so creepy, though. <laughs> yeah. That wouldn't make me want to, well, it might make me want to jump off a cliff, no. but not for the reasons they say yeah. after. <laughs> but it sounds like someone who's like trying to mind control you, right? Yeah. That's true, it does. Yeah. Like a hypnotist. Yeah. yeah. The the other stuff I found was more into like, you know, the stuff you've kind of always heard where it's just like if you speak with confidence and like calmness and like pitch mm. your voice low and like relaxed and you keep emotion out of it essentially, like yeah, people will listen to what you're saying more. People just mm-hmm. respond better to like confidence. But I yeah. was so mad reading this because it was coming down to like, yeah, there's like a dominant submissive way that people talk to each other in that like when you feel like you're talking to someone who is like higher social status than you or oh, lower yeah. you'll pitch your voice differently yeah <laughs> and it, i was just like so mad because they were like anyway when you're talking to someone you think of as like if you are trying to be submissive you have a higher voice and if you're trying to be dominant you have a lower voice and i'm like oh. This is a man-woman thing, isn't it? Yeah. I I was just gonna say. They did go into it more, and they were like, both men and women do this. Like, you lower your voice if you feel more in charge, and you higher pitch your voice if you feel like you are trying to, like, I don't know. Like, appease? Appease, yeah, the other person. That explains why customer service voice is so high. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) But I also feel like this is a result of human social conditioning. It's like the reason that this happens, though, is because the male voice, the lower voices, tends to be more dominant from a social, cultural point of view. But it does work better for dogs, too, when you're training them. Yeah, because, like, again, they do specifically say men also pitch their voices higher when they are talking to someone they perceive as higher status than them or that they're trying to appease and stuff like that. And, like, I think from, again, the very general look I took at four things, Uh (laughs) it was like, it's like, yeah, when your voice is lower, it's usually because you're calmer, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you are not as stressed, you're, like, more in control, you're just sort of, things are flowing, you're comfortable. And everybody kind of pitches their voice higher when they're a little bit more stressed, when they're a little bit more anxious, you know? And so it's like, okay, it kind of makes sense that low voice is you being like, I'm in charge. And high voice is you being like, nah, don't hurt me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Hurt me. Just like that. (laughs) Just like that. Yeah. Yeah. So now that's something you'll notice every single time somebody does a talk for you. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, you, you did jump right into this and gloss over the creepy taunt that the... Yeah. I did. I didn't. So Hannah didn't like it. Want to? <laughs> I want to talk about it because okay. it's the big bad wolf and the three little pigs. It is. But there's only two pigs. There's two pigs. <laughs> the big bad wolf, the eraser, knocks on the door. Yeah. Well, scratches creepily on the door. Oh, are you going like... to explain the big bad wolf? No, but so. Tale to us. <laughs> well, you guys didn't say what he said, and he says, "Little pigs, little pigs, let me come in," which is the exact line from the three little pigs story yeah and i just like it because at the end of the original three little pigs story the last pig tricks the wolf into the chimney where he lights him on fire oh oh 
Interesting. So it is. So it is apropos. Apropos of what happens here because they explode them with the bomb and they all die of burning. Wow. Lovely. So great. That's why I want to talk about it. Okay. Continue. That's all I had to say about it. Oh, really? Actually, no. There is one other thing I wanted to say um, (laughs) because I just looked up the Three Little Pigs and went to the Wikipedia page Mm -hmm. and the big bad wolf was like a blue link and i was like okay well i need to look at this <laughs> and so it's i was like why is it a blue link this is how i end up on wikipedia for hours <laughs> but it, it was just like the big bad wolf appears in many fairy tales blah 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 like lists a bunch and then it's like a lot of scholars believe that the wolf represents winter and Little Red Riding Hood, when he eats her, represents the sun. And when she is oh. cut from his belly at the end, rising again, it is spring. Oh. It's like two paragraphs on the Wikipedia. And then the last one is like, Dr. Valeri's guys wrote that the fable was likely based on genuine risk of wolf attacks. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> because it's a valid reason to not yeah. want to go out into the woods and be eaten by a wolf. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah, actually, he's probably right. She's got a point. <laughs> it's probably not people being like, and the sun is eaten by the night, which is the wolf. <laughs> yeah, it's you tell your kids, don't go into the woods or you're going to get eaten by a wolf. Yeah, you're going to get eaten by wolves. Yeah. Anyway, that was just very funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I had to say about it. No other relevance. <laughs> Should we do the other Gasman and Nikki chapter here and then... Yeah. Go back. Do yeah. You think? I feel like that's better continuity. I like that Iggy's plan is to jump straight through the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, whatever it works. works. Yeah, it does work. It's pretty badass, actually. Yeah. <laughs> he smashes right through it. He smashes right through there. He must have, they must have really strong legs. This. Yeah. Oh is my God. Starting he to make so me, hard. Yeah. They got mad hops. <laughs> mad hops. Mad <laughs> Probably to get hops. them into the air. Yeah, but this place, I got the impression that it was too small to like fly in, like even take one or two flaps, but it seems like Gasman can. Yeah. I guess it did have to kind of fit five bird kids. That's a good point. For a while. But yeah, maybe they don't have super powerful legs. Maybe he just jumped a normal amount and then flapped. <laughs> Probably that, but... I like Although, the Mad Hops theory better. If they have like a 13 foot wingspan to take off, they would have to be able to jump. You'd have to be able to jump 13 feet, wouldn't you? You'd have to jump 13 feet in order to get that first downstroke. <laughs> That's even more than an eight foot vertical leap. Yeah. Maybe not. I don't think birds put their wings fully down. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> so if they had an eight foot vertical leap, yeah, it would be appropriate. That sounds appropriate. <sighs> Griffin McElroy is a bird kid confirmed. Oh. <laughs> so the erasers uh-huh. uh, come in with like cartoony villain taunts, which even yeah. Gasman notices that they are like cartoon villains. And I'm definitely going to get back to that. But the taunt <laughs> is that they don't need Gasman and Iggy alive because they have Angel. <sighs> are you so. kidding me? <laughs> you Listen. see one sample? Are you- what? We've discussed that they're satisfied with their N equals one. They're going to murder all of their other priceless research subjects. Yep. It's fine. (laughs) Listen, the one they have is female, so like they maybe they don't want to. Oh god. (laughs) Oh god. Do you really want me to get started on this? Because like I don't know. (laughs) No, we're not we're not doing that. Uh I think it was just interesting that there's like confirmation that they specifically wanted Angel and don't care about the rest of them. 
Or they just wanted one? Yeah, I feel like they were specifically targeting Angel because she's subject 11. Yeah, like, I guess now that I'm thinking about this for two seconds, like, they're going to bring back the bodies, right? So I assume. They, I, because it says they don't need you two alive. So maybe they're counting on Max and at least one of the other ones to also chase them down. But it seems like poor planning to kill two when you only have one confirmed alive. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I'm, for whatever reason, operating under the assumption. That they want angels specifically for nefarious purpose purposes, and the rest of the bird kids are superfluous. I don't know why specifically I think that, but that is how I feel. Yeah, I feel like Angel is the success. You know, yeah. I just feel. Mm-hmm. Tell <laughs> like us how you feel, Sam. Their science is heavily <laughs> flawed, and uh-huh. they are not yeah. the smartest of individuals, and they may not have gone to graduate school. At the <laughs> best school. That's all. You know, making sure you have uh, samples at different life stages is actually about the closest they've gotten to good science. You know what? That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I I argue to call any of this good science. All, all of it's bad. Good. Bad science. <laughs> it's all terrible from the sense that just the ethics are fucked up. And so from yeah. there, uh-huh. nothing can be good about it. Yeah. But if you're at least gonna do terrible ethics science at least, at least make sure your sample size is representative yeah. and that you're yeah. doing good science for the bad yeah. science i am talking myself into a terrible circle no it makes sense though okay yeah, i see what you mean but i also feel icky to say it out loud that's also how i'm feeling i'm like i don't like this coming out of my mouth but i'm like you get my point it's like if you're gonna yeah do it like at least do it right because then what you're doing (laughs) is a complete waste of everything because you can't make any scientific conclusion on what you're doing yeah you're just gonna have to make more bird kids and murder them again because you haven't done anything with these ones that's usable what like why did they even make them if they're just gonna let them go and then go kill them they're gonna fucking get published in nature though i know it but like what a waste of resources (laughs) because they're in the friggin high-end sciences or whatever that's just high-end high end sciences science. stop it um <laughs> listen okay every episode we don't have to qualify that we are against doing experiments on children okay or human experiments at all we should all just right. make that the tagline of our show yeah we grown-up biologists revisiting books from our teens and it's totally also... not cool to do experiments on human children yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right that's let it. me let me rephrase the thought though Okay. And that this is the kind of science that if it were in some universe on the moral okay ethics thing, it is the kind of science that would get published in something like Nature and Science, which they wouldn't really care if there's an N equals one, because I got to tell you, there's a lot of published science out there with improper experimental designs, and they're making conclusions based off data that isn't reproducible which is a big big problem so ladies and gentlemen and non-binary all alike (laughs) we always always think of our stats before (laughs) we do an experiment because you have to be able to make a scientific conclusion that is both reproducible and i forgot the other word i was gonna say (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh i agree yeah 
Totally. Robust, probably. Yeah, yeah that sounds right. <laughs> the difference here, if these five bird kids were bird adults and they were adults <laughs> and they had given permission to be genetically recombined with yeah. a bird, then I this still would be bad science. Mm-hmm, yeah. It would be. <laughs> I would consent to that study. <laughs> I would also. Not the part where they make me drink Kool-Aid and run on a treadmill with a cattle prod but (laughs) yeah but the part where they give me wings i'm on board anyway anyway the eraser also says that and then he gives a silent grin as opposed to what other kind of grin do you think (laughs) a laughing grin (laughs) wet squishy (laughs) one of those loud he just opens his mouth and goes "Ah." (laughs) or a a moist grin. Oh! <laughs> Edit that out of my memories, please. That was awful. I regret even saying I'm it now. so glad I'm not editing this episode. Yeah, I didn't think that through. This is chaos. Uh, um, okay, you can't only put this on them, though. Other books have said yeah. a silent grin many times. Yeah, yeah, I just don't usually read other books where I have to spend an hour talking about four paragraphs. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I can't believe... Okay, wait. I can't believe we have gotten... We haven't started talking about the erasers transforming yet. Yeah, let's start that. Yeah. Forget their silent grin. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. Okay. I want to talk about them transforming into werewolves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Remember how we thought we were going to have to pick a different book to talk about werewolves? We did think Turns that. Out Turns out. We can talk about them here. But this isn't traditional lycanthropy. This is genetic no. recombination and it's not the same. It's not the yeah. same. I don't know how this works. <laughs> no. Oh, no idea. But not a clue. I have some thoughts. Okay. I have some thoughts that maybe we can build off of. The first is kinetic skulls. That's a horrifying collection of words. Okay. Have you ever seen a video of a snake trying to eat like a egg? It's true. I have. Mm-hmm. So snakes have like multiple joints essentially in their skull that can cause like their skull to move and change shape. And like the hinges are positioned so that like the brain case itself doesn't like squish or move like within it, but like the brain case will move, right? But it won't smush the brain, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. And there are a lot of reptiles. And obviously fish that also have very kinetic skulls. Like if you've ever seen a fish that's like a suction feeder shoot out its whole head, essentially. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's also a kinetic skull. So the only (sighs) group that doesn't have kinetic skulls is mammals. (laughs) (laughs) Except for hares. Oh. Which apparently have like a small, like a some kind of hinge at the some part like around the brain case somewhere i don't i don't remember where they said it was <laughs> but great and it's to help with like jumping like when they land it doesn't like smash oh, their brain that's good the little bit of motion acts as like a suspension and then the other thought i have is because their teeth yeah all right i guess we should explain what happens we we should their faces began to change Becoming more wolf-like, their muzzles extending, their teeth protruding until it looked like they had a mouthful of knives. 
So the muzzles extending, like, was what I was imagining the kinetic skull happening. Yeah. Kind of just, like, shifting in some way, like, out, I guess. Maybe it's just, like, sharks. And instead of their whole skull changing, they just shove their jaw forward. Yeah, like a goblin shark. Yeah. I'd buy it. Yeah. And then (laughs) to go with that, vipers have hinged fangs. Oh, true. So they go up into their mouth so that they can have a much longer tooth than can actually fit in their mouth. So maybe they are part wolf and part snake. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Why not, honestly? I mean, nothing would surprise me at this point. (laughs) Life uh, finds a way. Uh, Yeah. How many teeth do you think they have? Because humans have 32 and wolves have 42. That's a lot. (laughs) That's like a lot of teeth to fit in one mouth. Yeah. Do you think they have like an in-between number? Or Hmm. a regular number for one species or the other? Maybe they have 10 extra teeth that just like pop out of their jaws when they extend. Oh boy. I hate that. I get those like teeth dreams a lot and they are the absolute worst. And I regret bringing this up. I it's funny because in this it just sort of says their teeth protrude (laughs) and so it's just like it does kind of give the impression that they just got much longer human teeth (laughs) 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 but they okay they also sharpen so they're like knives oh yeah okay well no they do say it just has the mouthful of knives yeah they sharpen (laughs) so it looks like knives okay sure but it does say sharpen (laughs) but that could just mean that the edges are sharper, not that they become like pointed or anything. Where does it say sharpened? Their teeth protrude and sharpened? Did I make that up? Yeah. Oh my god, I'm an idiot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's carry on. <laughs> yeah. No, but I I feel like just flipping down some fangs. Yeah. Could be fun. I could think be fun. I you like know? that idea. So fun. Wow. <laughs> So, Sophie, what science did you come up with to explain the fact that they spontaneously grow a bunch of hair? You're not going to like it. (laughs) Oh. Oh. Is it a parasite? Because I swear to God. Oh, I should look up parasites. No. No. I, so this was the part that I was like, I don't, I don't have any friggin' idea what this is. (laughs) But I was trying to think of, like, what could it could conceivably be? And I was like, what if it's not actually hair? And it's like. You no, know, like no, but I'm imagining like no. You, no, you know, like on the back of like a sea slug, no. they have all those little papillae. <laughs> no, the little, the little, no, <laughs> flappies. Ew. No, well, I was imagining what if you they think like it's less weird <laughs> of its skin. Well, no, but like not skin, little flappies or of like skin? hollow hair or something that they can like inflate. <laughs> Uh, gross. I mean, it's better yeah. than anything I thought of, so... Yeah. The only other thing I thought of is that, like, you know how they say, oh, if a dead body is growing nails, they're a vampire, <laughs> and it's actually uh-huh. just because the skin is retreating? I was like, maybe they're just, like, sucking the skin their tightens. muscles in. Yeah. Body is deflating. Maybe they're, like, partially chinchillas. And they have extra hair per follicle, and when they turn into a werewolf, all of the follicles, like, tense, so the hair stands up, and it just makes them look fluffy and big. Whoa. Because that's what cats do. 
they fluff up to look bigger. Maybe that's all the erasers are doing. They don't actually change size. Sure. And maybe they have special, like, structural pigments in their hair that make them only turn dark. <laughs> yeah, maybe. When it's up in the, the air. You, listen, the way the hair is structured, it reflects light differently when it's flat versus when it's all sticking up. Mm hmm. Yep. That's that's it. <laughs> it's it's see through when it's on yeah. them normally. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we'll work on that one. We'll workshop it. <laughs> we'll workshop that. <laughs> I feel like the snake the two snake thoughts are uh-huh. good. They are good. We need to look into the hair more. Yeah. The hair is a problem. I don't know how to explain that one. Did you know um <laughs> Sorry, what? I'm anticipating. Why are, why are you laughing at me? <laughs> I'm just anticipating. <laughs> Listen, did you know the fastest growing tissue on Earth is deer antlers? Oh. And that's still only half an inch per day. Mm. But I mean, if it's hair, half an inch of hair is pretty long. Per day? They grow it spontaneously. <laughs> Yeah. What if you just accelerate that gene expression so that instead of whatever millimeter a day, it's millimeter a second? Yeah. That's true. The growth of antlers is controlled by hormones. Mm. So you just so... have the hormone. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Alternatively, uh-huh. bacteria such as bacillus can double in size every 10 minutes under optimal conditions. <laughs> What does that have to do with this? Uh, what if they just have strands of filamentous bacteria? Nope. Okay, we're moving That's on. That's worse than the first thing. That's disgusting. That, no. Like, no. I refuse to consider this any further. Oh, what if it's like slime molds? That could be fun. Oh my god. I hate this. Algae? <laughs> I'm on team that it's their normal hair and they just have more of it and they've had a gene expression changed with through mm-hmm. hormone control that allows them to grow their hair really fast sure yeah okay i can't well, explain right. how they lose it it like dumps a bunch of <sighs> testosterone or whatever maybe they have like a pump attached to them and they just like have to like click <sighs> a button inflate. and it's just like so we're going with the inflation <laughs> thing again <laughs> No, I was going to say it floods their system with testosterone, let's like say. An and then that sig- yeah, and then that signals their 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 hair to be like poof. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, guys. I'm Nope. Sounds good. It's mysterious. Okay, so I'll write down bacillus bacteria in the for the future biology episode. No. <laughs> the worst. One of them also has a bionic eye. Oh yeah. What the hell? What the hell? It's what a stainless hell? steel ball with a laser in it that burns gas man's clothes. Like, why would you want it to just be do that all the time? I have no idea. Also, like, uh. can they see with it? Yeah, well, I guess, I think that's the implication. It's implied, because they're taunting Iggy for being blind, which is like, okay. Cool. <laughs> Maybe let's not make fun of the disabled child who is disabled specifically by the actions of your employer. Yeah. And then they're like, man, if only they had blinded you and then scooped out your eyeballs and replaced them with these stainless steel balls with lasers. Yeah. That's not the flex that you think it is. Like, you can't look at your other eraser pals or you'll burn them. Like, what? You can't look at breakfast. You'll burn it. Like, what? (laughs) I wonder, like, maybe they can turn the laser on and off. Yeah, like, what if you're driving? (laughs) Anyway. They also, I find it interesting that 
the writer like goes out of their way to make the erasers taunt Iggy about his blind eyeballs and mm-hmm. then to showcase their super cool mechanical eyeballs and then Iggy just does not get to react yeah. at all. Yep. <laughs> Cuz it's a Gasman POV. Yeah. Hannah, we don't get an Iggy POV. <laughs> uh, I want an Iggy POV though. Not until a later book, I'm pretty sure. Ah, <laughs> oh, dang it. Not until he learns how to feel colors. Yeah, because then you can write just how things look anyway. Yeah. Maybe the hair is another mechanical Stop! Adjustment. I'm just saying, because they have a robot eye. <laughs> Maybe true. they're like Transformers. <laughs> they flip their skin inside out. <laughs> the other side is what? hairy. <laughs> That's so gross. <laughs> yeah. I hate this. Oh, what a good book. Oh, yeah. I'm, dead. This, this I'm, I'm done. Sam's gonna go <laughs> leave sorry. us for a book. I'm done talking about it. We're done. We can yeah. move on. There's like a more fun science thing later. I I think do we have to keep talking about this? No, we no. can talk about the more fun science thing. Okay. Yeah. Before we move on from these two, I just wanna reiterate that they do blow up the cabin using their Big old bomb. We still have two more chapters to go, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's switch over. Let's switch over. To, I guess, chronologically, Nudge and Fang. I think this is a much more fun topic. The hawks are flying in patterns to signal each other. And I thought yeah, that is was... Is that a thing? That's so, I was like, Sophie, is that a thing? <laughs> like, bees communicate through interpretive dance, but do birds? Yeah. No. So Oh, they no. don't. Well, oh, okay. I'm so disappointed. Again. <laughs> this is I was something... so looking forward to this. Okay, sorry. I only looked at hawks. Mm-hmm. Oh. I did not look at other species. I guess there's birds of paradise. <laughs> did you look into bean wrens? I didn't because I only learned those existed today. <laughs> <laughs> After we started recording. Also, like Ferruginous hawks aren't they're like not as social. social, really. Like they're hawks. The... They hunt together, but they don't like. Like so, there's only, there's one other hawk that hunts in groups that is like more well known, I guess, because it's easier to keep in captivity and like people use it for falconry a lot. Is the Harris hawk? Hmm. So they are very commonly seen in big groups, and they are like more known as a social hawk like they're pretty much i think one of the only ones and so i was trying to look into harris hawks because i was like surely if there's anything it'll be in them Uh uh-huh and like again baseline perusal like i i didn't (laughs) go super deep dive into this because i didn't have time but (laughs) the most is that like they have a very white tail and they think that like the white tail like flashing it like opening and closing or flicking it is communication of some kind that's interesting the only other thing that ferruginous hawks do and a lot of hawks and eagles do is they will do courtship aerial displays (laughs) this makes sense yes yeah so they will do like fancy flying tricks for each other with the hawks so yeah (laughs) i could give it the benefit like maybe i didn't find anything okay maybe i'm just not looking the right way for this kind of thing. I didn't I didn't really know what keywords to use. 
I also wasn't sure if it was just like a common thing known amongst birders. So I was like, oh, Sophie definitely knows if this is a thing. <laughs> so I, I tried. didn't really. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could have looked it up too, but I was like, oh, Sophie already knows probably. So there's no <laughs> point. <laughs> like the thing about birds is that they communicate with songs and calls. <laughs> like yeah. they are, they are designed to be vocal. Yes. For communication. That's their whole thing. <laughs> Listen, maybe this is just Fang doing what all of us would have done, especially at, like, 15, hanging out with a bunch of animals and, like, reading way too far into them. Yeah. I mean, like, they're they're talking to me. I just know it. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. Fang clearly loves being around these birds. Like, he's he having a hawks. great time. He's very relaxed. And Nudge says he is untight. Yeah. Which is a choice <laughs> for a word to use, for sure. Yep. Uh like he's just having the best time so he's probably just like really stoked (laughs) yeah yeah i mean like i honestly would believe that a social species because we went over this in the other chapter or the Uh other episode right where like frugious hawks don't really call to each other Uh like they're pretty quiet Mm -hmm. and so it's like i would believe that like social species it usually means that they can recognize other individuals of their species right yeah and as not them but as the same species and so it makes sense that they would be able to like read body language for certain things like if if one hawk is like suddenly like looking at something like the others maybe yeah cats don't know how to do that so (laughs) like cats explicitly i'm pretty sure can't really learn how to follow your pointing finger they're designed to be social with humans (laughs) and they they can't figure out that finger pointing means look in the direction of where I'm pointing and not just at the end of my finger. But cats can interpret other cats' body language. Yeah, true. Which is more what we're talking about with these birds talking to each other. Yeah. Like, I think there's definitely an argument to be made that, like, Fang is trying to interpret different body language, but, like, the way it's phrased, it makes it sound like he thinks they're sending each other, like, flag signals. Yeah, because what what you're saying, like, that makes sense where they'd be able to interpret, like, competition or yeah mating displays or whatever. But conveying that there's prey there, which is what Fang yeah. seems to think they're conveying, is like, I don't think that's what yeah. is going on. <laughs> like, it, it could be, going back to the cats thing, you can often tell when a cat sees some, something that it thinks is prey. So it could just be like they see the other birds zeroing in on something and are like, oh, he's looking at something real hard. Something like that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I didn't, yeah, I didn't look this up, but again, I don't think animals necessarily can understand, like, looking in a direction so you follow the direction that they're looking, you know? Yeah. Like, you might just watch the other hawk to be like, oh, I'll follow them because they see something, you know? But you would maybe anyway (laughs) anyway this is me hypothesizing about things i don't know Uh i feel like it might come back up again so maybe we'll look it up the next time it comes up and do a bit (laughs) more i honestly just thought this was like i thought it was just gonna be like a common (laughs) thing so i was like sophie tell me more (laughs) i now realize i was wrong and i do apologize for making that assumption no that's fine honestly it didn't even occur to me to look up like actually flocking birds and maybe i should have done that (laughs) i mean i did look pretty hard for ferruginous hawks 
communication. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, but, they're yeah. not talking about other flocking birds. They're talking about Frugianus hawks. Exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the Frugianus hawks are 2% recombined with pigeons. <laughs> hey. Yeah. That's why they're so friendly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Fang learns some new flight maneuvers and they use them on the way to go dumpster diving. Yeah. Dumpster diving. And this is, it's revealed why they have the windbreakers because they have yeah. those fun little <laughs> Titan strings at the bottom. Yeah, they cinch with up those the annoying, waist. Yeah, those annoying little press button tightening yeah toggles toggles yeah yeah and the bird kids tighten them as tight as they can go and then use them like pockets <laughs> why <laughs> like fang has a backpack fang has a backpack <laughs> i guess it's full of ravioli <laughs> how do- yeah wouldn't a backpack get in the way of wings Yes, it would. But he wears okay, it we on his front, we decided. Yeah, he, he carries oh, it on his front. I'm yeah. having... Okay, my sorry. Like memory lapse. <laughs> no, yeah, that's okay. No, that's <laughs> I was thinking maybe they are also partially recombined with squirrels or otters, which oh use God. parts of their bodies to store things for later. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> otters yeah. are the best. So you're saying that they actually have a pocket inside They have a pocket the in their armpits. Yeah. yeah. No, okay, but... where they put their favorite can of ravioli. <laughs> they put their favorite can oh. of ravioli, and they use it to bash open the other cans of ravioli. <laughs> yeah, just like sea otters. <laughs> just like sea otters. <laughs> no, but they. I, I guess this must be like how they have survived, is they turn themselves into giant flying pockets, and then they go dumpster diving in capital D dumpsters. Yep. Yeah. I didn't know dumpster was a brand name until today, but turns out. Is it? Yeah, it's one of those generalized or genericized trademarks. Oh, like Band-Aid. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that until I was like, why is this word capitalized? Now we know the internet and dumpsters. (laughs) Wow, the internet and dumpsters. It does seem, as I think Sam had suggested, they do just have slits in the back of their windbreakers. Yeah, it does seem. Because they're flying with them They're flying with them on. Well, we got confirmation and, of yeah. that in the in the Max chapter two. Yeah, we'll we'll get back to that momentarily. But yes, yes. confirmed they cut slits in the back of their clothes. Yeah, yeah. Which makes me wings. imagine, you know, when a bird folds its wings into its body and then it like ruffles them to get them into position. Aww. I'm imagining they have to do that to get their wings inside the slits. <laughs> in their yeah. I like the fact that their chosen breakfast. Granted, they go dumpster diving, but Nudge's breakfast is salad, and Fang's breakfast is five hamburger patties. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I want to unpack that. Yeah, listen, he is a growing bird boy. He needs all of the protein he can get. Yeah. So is she. Five, yeah, is she going to become vegetarian? Oh, I, feel I like think she, she does. does. Yeah, after this specifically. Yeah, that like nudged something in my uh-huh. brain. <laughs> No, you're right. No, I think specific because she says in this chapter, oh, it was gross seeing them tear apart animals. Yeah. And I think specifically after the Ferruginous Hawks, she becomes vegetarian. Yeah. You're right. Okay, that makes me less mad, and I'm glad I didn't go on the tangent that I wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it was it was not a body image thing. <laughs> but it very well could have been. Could I have suppose been. So. Didn't even think. I mean, she also eats apple pie for breakfast, so. <laughs> oh, see, yeah. 
Uh, I guess that's more on me and uh, making that assumption, you know, my own <laughs> Ready issues. to be mad. Ready yep. to be mad. <laughs> Primed and ready to go. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. I yeah. like a good salad. I bought all the things to make a chicken Caesar salad tomorrow. Mm. So, like, I'm for salads, but I just am against the image of a young boy eating five hamburger patties and <laughs> a girl eating a salad. Yeah, that's fair. But... She's vegetarian, so I will I will forgive that. Yeah, this is less a commentary on teen body image and more yeah. a commentary on how North American food options are yes. so <laughs> yes. meat yeah. focused. Yes. That if you don't eat meat, you often only have the option of a salad. Yes. Yeah. Even <laughs> if you're dumpster diving at what I assume is McDonald's it because of the burgers be. and the apple pie. Yeah, yeah. it's gotta be. Um, should we talk about the last chapter? And yeah. I mean the third chapter. <laughs> Before we do that, I just want to point out, because I feel like it might come up later, I want to like establish a precedent, I guess. Yes, a precedent. That Nudge just like cannot sit still for more than a minute or two. Yeah, I think that we we brought that up in the previous chapter. Yeah, I just want to mention it again, because it's going to be a continuing point, I think. And also that she uh, yells Tarzan <laughs> when she jumps yeah. off the cliff. <laughs> quote whatever that was supposed to mean i'm like you tell me man you said it like yeah. i don't really know what tarzan has to do with this context but all right <laughs> let's talk about max let's talk about max, max time the only thing is that we get confirmation that like ella's mom put slits in her sweatshirt yeah that's yeah. nice it's yeah like, really sweet it was very like, thoughtful yeah. max just wakes up terrified that something's gonna go wrong Mm-hmm. but uh ella and ella's mom are just like we made you pancakes and we got we cleaned your clothes for you yeah yeah that's really nice yeah <laughs> it is. and max thinks about a time when like jeb was even better than a dad would have been towards them yeah which is sad now because we think that jeb is dead and it will be even more sad later when we find out that jeb is just a dick yeah yep it hits my someone needs to take care of fictional children in peril yeah. <laughs> thing. The <laughs> only maternal instinct I have. The only maternal <laughs> instinct I have. They're touching it. It's a nice chapter. It's nice that Max gets to experience being taken care of for once. Yeah, I know Angel is in danger and being horribly uh traumatized yeah tortured, but i kind of want max to have like one or two more chapters of being able to be chill yeah I do, wouldn't you it know? be nice if like they rescue angel and bring her back here and then they can all hang out at the ella's house for a bit yeah that would be nice does That'd that happen I don't well know. the only way to find out is if we <laughs> guess what happens next oh what a beautiful segue <laughs> yeah i'm gonna read the first sentence of the next four chapters, and you guys gotta guess. Mm-hmm. Here good. it is. Chapter 37. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. The bell clanged jarringly, and rough hands pushed Angel forward. Oh, <laughs> It's an Angel chapter. That... Yep, there's suck. some other procedure on her, I'm guessing. A bell? What's the bell for, I wonder? Who could possibly say? Oh, are they gonna put a bell on her like a cat? That's terrible. <laughs> To keep her from hunting birds. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Or I guess in this role reversal, she would be hunting cats. Yeah, probably. Yeah. 
Okay, chapter 38. <laughs> Good guess, everybody. <laughs> yep. Uh, chapter 38. Nudge didn't know exactly what Fang expected to see. <laughs> what were they doing at the end of that chapter? No, did, did they, they agreed to go off and find Max, so... Yeah. Maybe Fang I is guess... doing some like weird search pattern thing. Yeah. He's learning from the ferruginous hawks somehow. Yeah, somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's watching that. Maybe he has learned their language and has told them to go look for Max and he is watching their flight patterns in the sky to see if they tell him there is a girl over here with wings. I bet that's what it is. Oh. Mm-hmm. The only possible explanation. Yep. Yeah. There is something tickling my memory that I think the Ferruginous Hawks do something wild. Oh, they yeah. they Hawks. have been hyping up these Ferruginous Hawks <laughs> yeah. so much. I swear to yeah. God, if they don't do something, like, <laughs> it's going to be an appointment. Maybe I'm confusing it with Lord of the Rings, but maybe they come and rescue them at the end. <laughs> that would be buck wild. Or something like that. Anyway, um, chapter 39. We're pretty safe unless the erasers catch our scent, the gas man whispered to Iggy. <laughs> Really Great. just giving you all the names of yeah. the <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like I know what's gonna happen in this one. <laughs> uh-huh. They might be hiding from the erasers. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I, I think that's it. It's like four sentences, so probably. Yep. Oh my god. Chapter 40, right? Right? That's the number? Yeah. This is the last yeah. one? one yeah, 40, yeah. Never in my 14 long years. Oh. Have I ever felt the slightest bit normal? Except for my day with Ella and her mom. <laughs> I think Aww. this might be a Oh, Dr. Chapter. Martinez. Sorry. Oh, she gets a name. She gets a doctor name. Well, yeah, she gets a last She's name. She's going to have a normal yeah. day. They're going nice. to eat pancakes and just be happy and chill. And Max is going to be like, man, it's so great that I haired off in a rush to go try to rescue my baby. And then yeah. I slept in a cabin for a while. And yep. then I went to see some other girl, and now I'm sleeping at her house for a couple of days. Yeah. Makes total sense. Yeah. Nah, I mean, she's 14, so I'm, you know, it's giving fun. her the benefit of the doubt, but like, Max, this rescue mission sucks. Yep. <laughs> I mean, her wing is objectively shot. <laughs> yeah, if only she had not deviated from her extremely urgent rescue mission to go play hero with some girl that she doesn't know. <laughs> uh-huh. Fair. Yeah. Oh, teenagers. Anyway, let's talk about what else we're reading so Hannah can stop complaining. I will not. <laughs> You're right. Okay, in this exact moment, Hannah can stop complaining. <laughs> I have been reading the Bringing Down the Duke series. It's historical romance. It's fine. And it's beca- like they've got these contemporary romance covers, but they're historical romance. I'm having a good time. Huh. I read the first one and second one, and I just started the third one. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> uh, I am, again, more chaotic than Sophie is, because <laughs> what else Always. am I, I to fill that niche of the podcast? I, <laughs> I finished two books because I decided to read Secretly Yours by Tessa Bailey in like less than four hours over the week yep <laughs> so if we can attest to that she witnessed it did she just stand there and watch me for four hours yeah the whole time and yeah <laughs> no i just watched her reading it in two different rooms and just like oh i guess you haven't moved yeah it's fine and then on top of that i've decided i like listening to memoirs while i'm like formatting documents and stuff because 
you just learn more about a person you like and you don't have to follow a plot so it's easy to listen yeah. to my yeah. are great man yeah so i listened to beyond the wand the magic and mayhem of growing up a wizard by tom felton which i actually heard of because of hannah because i think you read that right yeah i did read it yeah and that was good. And then I'm still reading Rhythm, Rhythm of War. Don't worry. It's still not done. <laughs> I have decided, though, I will be moving to only listening to the audiobook of it because it's just a pain in the butt to read the physical copy now. It's so big. It's so big. Also, before anyone makes fun of Sam, it yeah. isn't the end of March yet while we're recording this. No, it That's isn't. True. I still have hope. <laughs> I'm at like... Yeah, you still got like a week. Yeah, yeah. I, I just finished up part three of five. So, oh. mm-hmm. there's hope. It. It's seventy percent. We'll see. <laughs> and uh, I'm almost finished the Midnight Bargain by C.L. Polk, which was our March Midnight Book Club book. Anyways, that's all old news and new news. I started reading The Adventures of Amina El Safira by S. A. Chakrabarty because it was my favorite loop book and it was too beautiful wow. Wow. and I felt the need to start it so I read 40 pages today before we started recording oops <laughs> yay <laughs> and then I also picked up another memoir while I was working today uh, which is Life in the City of Dirty Water by Clayton Thomas Mueller which is a memoir about the author uh who's an indigenous man <laughs> growing up in manitoba oh mm. i've only listened to like an hour of it and it's already broken my heart a few times so nice yeah now it's that yeah um, hey sam have you posted mm-hmm. a picture of your fairy loot book on our instagram oh i did yes <gasps> Ooh, it's beautiful everyone should it's it. so beautiful. beautiful it like took my breath away yeah yeah looking at it it's stunning. That's I have really no pretty. regrets. The maps inside? Oh <laughs> my god. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. No regrets. Like, wow. it is pricey, and I'm fortunate to be at a point in my life where I can afford it, but, oh, so good. Yeah, I of looking at all the past fairy loot boxes, I think this might be the most beautiful wow. edition they've ever made it's- of anything. Yeah, it's real nice. They they yeah. outdid themselves, really, truly. <laughs> and everyone hearing this is like, damn, well, I can't get it. Yeah, including me and Sophie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the resale value on these books is a lot, so... Uh, yeah. yep. <laughs> this is what I told everyone. They're like, oh, you're getting fairly loot. I was like, yeah, and it's like, if I don't like the book, the resale value on all of these is insane, because, trust me, people will pay upwards. I saw someone who paid like $500 oh, for an entire special edition set of, I think it was the Ember and Ashes series. Whoa. Yeah, it was. And then they spent another $400 to get a second set because their first set came back damaged. Oh my and God. so they're trying to like sell the first. So they spent $800 on special edition books of the That's same series. Bad. You guys know that if we had $800, we would be doing the same thing. Don't even be ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) I would have to be in, like, a very well-off situation. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I'm saying if you had $800 that you wouldn't... I don't know if I... I don't know if I would do that. I feel like I could justify up to, like, 2000 Or $2,000, oh my god. $200. Yeah, per book. It was a whole series. And if it was only, like... Throne of Glass. I was gonna say it's there's only forty copies of the series of this special edition of Throne of Glass. 
Sam would spend eight hundred dollars on it. Not in my current financial situation, no. Saying, but yeah, if I was like (laughs) real rich, yeah, you have eight hundred dollars that you don't have anything else to do with. Damn, if I had that, I would. I'd have a new dry suit (laughs) for eight hundred (laughs) dollars. No, but that would mean I'd have probably another two thousand that I could just get a dry suit. I really need a new dry suit. And the dry suit will have a special edition Sarah James <laughs> printed on it. This is why I can't spend two hundred whatever dollars on special editions because I have to buy a dry suit. Yeah, fair. Anyway, I'm also reading books. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm not reading that many books. I blitzed through If We Were Villains by ML Rio this weekend, and it was so good. I definitely recommend it. It was great. And nice. uh, then I started listening to Emotional Labor, The Invisible Work Shaping Our Lives and How to Claim Our Power by oh, Rose no. Hackman. I don't want to read that. The first session I listened to it, I was like, I'm going to fight the next man I see. <laughs> and then my second session listening to it, I was like, I'm going to go fight myself because I'm a white woman and what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, if you want to be angry, particularly about sexism, but also about other isms, so far I recommend this one. Great. It's Lovely. good for that. <laughs> yeah. Great. <laughs> You can also kind of read the historical romances I'm reading because they're about suffragists trying to repeal women being property oh, of their husbands. Go. So you can also be mad if you read those ones because I was. <laughs> Sam, are any of your books angry feminism related? <laughs> the Midnight Bargain kind of has angry yeah, kinda, women. Huh. It's wow, got angry spoilers. woman vibes. It does have angry woman vibes. Yeah. You just keep saying it's my kind of book. No, yeah, no. Sophie did call us out for saying, yeah, this feels like a Sophie book. Anyway, it was super boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know what I bet isn't boring? I bet our April Midlife Book Club book isn't boring. <laughs> We're getting so good at segues. We're getting so good at segues. It's so natural. You can't yeah. even tell. Yep. Uh, but in April, we're going to be reading A Marvelous Light by Freya Marsk. And Sophie said she was going to skip a midnight bargain and read this one first, which I am going to call her out on because she was the one who made us read the midnight bargain and she's the only one who hasn't read it yet. Yeah, I'm also going to call her out. Sophie, you can't tell me what to do if I, as long as I finish it before the end of March. We I don't had know picked what you're a different book to read in March. And then mm-hmm. Sophie was like, mm, I don't want to read that one. Let's do this one instead. And Sam and uh-huh. I were like, yeah, OK, let's do your choice uh okay and now you haven't read it but we have <laughs> i would argue yeah. then that we can put that book uh that we originally yeah, we'll chose back on August. the list <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> wow that was a long discussion that you all definitely listened to haha <laughs> yep. anyway if you like this chapter of midlight crisis consider rating and reviewing us on spotify or podcatcher of choice you can talk to us and find fun related content on social media we are at Midlight Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Tumblr, and all chapters of the show thus far are available on our website, midlightpod.podbean.com, and on YouTube. And Gasman, like every YA main character introducing the reader to their home. In case you're wondering, it's still a dump. 
Why is it like that, though? Why is it always a dump? Because you can't have a YA protagonist without some sort of tragic backstory, and they can't be a YA protagonist if they come from a good home. They're not like other girls. They're not like other girls. Gasman is not like other kids with gastrointestinal distress. Oh. (laughs) He's got wings. (laughs) 